Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace with Michael Guerin for the next half an hour. Great to have your company on a Monday morning, the day before the huge day tomorrow, both at Flemington and at Randwick. As Dave mentioned, there's so much to look forward to tomorrow. So what we'll do is try and compartmentalise all this harness together for you, synthesise it, work at what you need to look forward to later in the week, but also try and find you a winner for today when we race at Newcastle because it's nice to go into the Big Dance and Melbourne Cup Day with some money in the account. Now, it's slightly different week, as you could imagine, with the Melbourne Cup on tomorrow. So we race Newcastle today. The usual Menangle Tuesday afternoon meeting is not on tomorrow. That'll go to Wagga. So you can go to the Wagga races, and that's tomorrow night. Sort of dovetail that on the back end of your Melbourne Cup experience. And then we're back to something like normal at Bathurst on Wednesday. But winners today at Newcastle, well, the king of Newcastle for the last few meetings, and plenty before that, has been Robbie Morris. He's been driving up a storm, and he is driving there shortly to drive today. First race at Newcastle goes at 12.32. Good morning, Robbie. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, mate. Morning, mate. Thanks for having me. How are you? Mate, I'm going really well. Like everybody, I'm looking forward to what's going to be a crazy week here, there and everywhere. But we're going to need your help, mate, because you're driving a bunch of horses today, some of who can win, and we'd like to have a little nibble. So let's get down to business. Race one at Newcastle today. You're on Summer Rockstar. Form's not great, but it's in the right race. Yeah, that's right. He's um, you know, He does have two seconds in his last five starts, Darren Ray. Always does a good enough job with his team. It looks probably looks a pretty level front line. Um, if you could get across, I think the two main dangers are the nine and the ten. So probably got to look to stay in front of them and make every post a winner. Mate, second on the card, um, a horse from from quasi your team. They're under Elizabeth Heath's name, but of course you help work these horses. Memphis in May. Now it's race two, number two. But it comes into barrier one, and there's a lot of horses we don't know too much about in this race. Two things. Does Memphis in May have the gate speed to lead the two-year-old race? And is she good enough to win it? I think she is. I think she's definitely got enough gate speed to lead. Um, the, the four, which is the first starter, Alex Yachin's horse, unfortunately, two of me drives clashed. I probably... Um, I've been trialling her ideal desire. She's probably a little bit inexperienced, but I feel like she's got a little bit of ability there as well. The four of Brian Portelli's have all shown um, glimpses of bits and pieces, but a couple of them can do a few things wrong. Um, we just got to probably pump out once again, probably look to make every post a winner. The, pro- the horse is probably getting into this race fairly well as a 10. He's a tiger, um, but probably had his chance to win on on Friday night's meeting where he sat behind the leader and he ran fourth. So, look, my filly's form numbers-wise isn't pretty, but she had she's had the race in a couple of maiden, maidens, which were older horse maidens. Um, she drops back into a two-year-old. She hasn't had a draw at all. Um, she comes up with a plum draw today. So, look, this filly's a well enough bred filly that probably just looks for needs a bit of time, but if she could happen to 
pluck a two-year-old when off here, she'd probably go to the paddock on a good note, and I think she'd be a nice little three-year-old. A maiden race three, you drive Moonlight Cruiser. It's had 137 go-arounds. It's had seven wins. Look, it's back down to a rating 30 because obviously horses can slide up and down the rating system. That means, Robbie, it's in against a lot of horses who haven't had quite as stellar careers in the winning circle or as many visits to it. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, it actually says on the fields NR up to 50, but if you have a look at all the horses' ratings next to them, it's a 30 to 33 rating race. Um, these horses, yeah, they're, they're sort of putting things fair. They're all the same crop of horses. Um, he's probably, with his seven wins, he's probably the best of them. He can do a few little things wrong when he wants to, too, though, so you sort of got to watch him. But, yeah, he looks to get into this race quite well sort of an, an average sort of field and I, I think he's probably one of the top chances in it. Mate, in race four, this goes at 17 minutes past two. We're talking to Robbie Morris who's on his way to Newcastle shortly for the meeting there. You're on operative Anna and again, the form line doesn't look great but Anna's been racing predominantly apart from last start at Goulburn, predominantly at Menangle and in better fields. Do you think the trip to Newcastle could re-inspire her and the drop in grade gives her a chance? Yeah, I, I think so. She generally does a lot of her racing at Menangle, but as you touched on earlier, with the Melbourne Cup meeting being on tomorrow, no Menangle look to sort of keep her racing weekly. She did race at Goulburn last week when she ran third and she got parked out. Probably was still in front with 50 to go and just got nabbed by two right on the line. So look, she's no star operative Anna, but I don't think there's too many stars around her either, so all these horses are in like-for-like races and if they get the right trip, um, she'll be another one that'll, that'll be there turning for home. A horse in a similar boat from the same stable of Kerry Towers is Explosive Bronski does most of its racing at Menangle you've outlined the reasons why it's not there this week, again falls into a race where it's probably going to be a chance, I, th- I thought the one would be hard enough to beat the local from from barrier one, but Explosive Bronski might like a change of scenery. Yeah, definitely. I think he'd come up here a fortnight ago and ran a second. Um, this is sort of one of them races as well. It's probably a 42 to 44 rating race, but there's actually a couple getting down in grade a little bit here. You've got Explosive Bronski, uh, Don Key, Night Walker, Hurricane Stride. They're all nice enough horses with the right trip, but I'd probably agree with you, Stella's Delight drawn the one, um, probably looks to get its chance, but um, yeah, he, he's a definite chance, Explosive Bronski, if he can sort of get across to a nice spot early. Made in race six, you're on the Thug, who's a Newcastle regular. Were you ever a Thug? Were you ever one of those guys with the baggy jeans and the mullet who used to get himself into trouble when you were a teenager, Robbie, or have you always been a, a good horse boy? You know me well enough, Meg. I've definitely never, ever been a Thug, because <laughs> I know where I'll end up if I try and be one. No, true. You're probably not the right size to be a thug. Let's talk nah, about the thug in race six. I think I'll a... be scaring anyone. <laughs> Can you get out some money with the thug in race six today? Funnily enough, um, I drove him probably, uh, I think it was three starts ago, and he, he got beat 18 metres, but I got caught in a hell of a lot of traffic, and he actually did rattle home. Um, and I think he's not going as bad as his numbers suggest. I think if I had to say one that might start at a little bit of odds that I think could run a cheeky race, it's probably him. All the others are probably going to be short enough. But, um, 
he's one of them horses that hasn't been racing at all bad. He just he's one trick pony. He's got to go back. You've got to save him for one run. You've got to take all the cheap cheap runs up the fence. But if he gets them, um, I think he's a horse that probably can finish a drum here at big enough odds. Robbie, in race seven, you drive uh, Did She Do It, who's a real newbie to New South Wales. Elizabeth trains it, so it's on your property, I presume. Um, it's coming from Queensland, and it's really hard, I find, Robbie, to work out Queensland form. What sort of chance would Did She Do It be back in this grade? Yeah, it's a, a hard one for us to sort of assess, too. Eric Anderson owns her and always sends us a couple, and... She went to Brisbane, and she was a bit hot and cold up there. Um, but her work's been good enough. Um, the eight, hold back the river, generally likes to run a pretty strong mile. The five, Brexit will go forward. There's a bit of speed around us, so it's probably a little bit of a um, mission where we're trying to find a little bit out better ourselves. But, um, look, her work's been good, and she looks really good. And I think if they go hard, she's, a, she's an each-way chance, but probably got to see what she does today and then make an assumption after that. Mate, in race eight, you drive Heavenly Reason, uh, your third drive for the day for Kiri Towers, and this one drops an enormous way in grade. Race in the Breeders' Challenge, four-year-old for the Mears last time, was, was OK in the semi-final, uh, ran fourth on that occasion. Look, I thought Heavenly Reason, if the best version turns up, it has to be at least an each-way chance. Yeah, definitely. I think she's been, you know, obviously getting through the Breeders' Challenge series. I know she got beat 30 metres in the final, but... They did go 51. Um, you know, there's probably not too many of these in this race that wouldn't have ran any better in the same race. So probably helps her that she's drawn underneath uh, Casta Semenya, Ricky Auchin's horse. Uh, it probably, I drove her at Goulburn last week and it ran third. Um, but, you know, Deletto's probably getting back in grade a little bit too with the junior claim. So, look, I think if she can roll forward and find a spot without doing too much, she's a definite each-way chance for sure. Robbie, what's your best chance of on Big Dance and Melbourne Cup Eve, people getting a dollar at the trots today? I think if I'm going my best chance, I'd probably have to go with me two-year-old filly in the second Memphis in May, and one at a bit of odds would be the thug. Mate, <laughs> mate, we appreciate your time, Robbie. Get round safe, get home to our safe from Newcastle today, and yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, mate. Have a good one, mate. Thank you. That's Robbie Morris, a big book of drives at Newcastle today. First race on the card there goes at 12.32. We have nine races. Don't forget that different composition to our week with Wagga Racing tomorrow because obviously it is Melbourne Cup Day and Big Dance Day. The Chief Executive of Harness Racing New South Wales for the last four or five months has been Peter Buckman. He took over from, from John Dumasy and... Peter, it's great to be able to talk to you on the radio this morning about a couple of developments coming up at Harness Racing New South Wales. But how are you finding the challenge, firstly, as we say good morning to you? Because when you come into a new job, um, there's a lot to look at, a lot to think about, and then eventually a lot to action. Uh, morning, Mick. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, the, the last four or five months have been... Um, have been uh, quite challenging with regards to being able to hit the ground uh, running, um, but um, due to the, um, I suppose, suppose a succession plan that uh, the board had in place, we were able to execute that brief uh, reasonably well. Um, so, you know, out and about engaging with stakeholders uh, as best as I can. You know, I'm a subscriber to uh, Visible Leadership, so 
uh, doing a lot of miles at the moment, Mick. Um, I keep saying to the team, I'm doing more more miles than the Leyland brothers, but um, it's part of the job. It's really, really important that we're forward facing and out and out uh, engaging with the stakeholders. Um, so it's been it's been really, really good. Mate, one of the things you you've really wanted to to reinvigorate is the carnival of cups and say to people, hey, look. This is a great sport. We can take it to the country regions. We can give them special days and not just special races. We see that this Sunday at Cowra. Um, can you talk us through it? Because the, the stake money, it's $60,000, which is a lot of money for this grade of horses. But you want to make these these Carnival of Cups days experiences for the locals and you're putting money behind making them days with bands and, and a bit more fanfare? Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I, you know, when I came to the business, you know, part of the role obviously is to review um, each area of the business, and one of my focus areas was the Carnival of Cups. And um, you know, Harness Racing New South Wales has put considerable effort into Carnival of Cups over the years, and perhaps we've not uh, leveraged it and seen the success that that I think that we should have there. So um, I have no doubt our our, our next growth phase. Uh, will will come from the country. I mean, if you look at harness racing holistically uh, from a state perspective, typically, you know, our sport comes out of the country and makes its way to the city. So it's it's really, really important that we have uh, a country focus. But, of course, that has to be balanced throughout industry. Uh, one of the areas that we found for improvement, of course, was, was making sure that, um, you know, our, our sport is known. You know, um, repositioning our sport to the to um, the public to say that we're open for business and it's an easy sport to get involved with. And and uh, to that end, um, you know, we, we're trying to increase on on course patronage to ensure that um, those people are, are one aware of our support and we can get them into ownership, advocacy, um, and punting. And and one mechanism we, we've we've used is um you know additional entertainment offerings so um we've we've identified um five uh race events they being cara young um tamworth uh, albury and goulburn to refocus our carnival of cups i should add mick that um you know this refocusing effort has not pulled any prize money or, or, or race days or race events away from from any other clubs, that's really, really important to note. We've just refocused our efforts on five high-end events to increase patronage, um, punting, and then, of course, um, um, ownership and involvement. Um, so uh, Cara is the first cab off the rank. Really, really excited about that. Cara, from a strategic point of view, um, is a really good uh, geographical location. It's in between... Um, you know some some um, our our principal regional club that being Bathurst and of course Young and Parks and and that area. Um, we've got a really really good um, community offering over the weekend, which is um, a credit to also the Cara Council. Uh, by virtue of us standing up these events, it's enabled us uh, to forge better relationships in the community and maintain our social license. So that's been um, absolutely brilliant. So a credit to the to the Cowra uh, uh, Council, um, you know, from a racing product, um, one of my, I suppose, pitches to industry was um, making sure that we get good horse flesh back to the bush. You know, one of my most fondest memories was watching Smooth Satin 
uh, go around at um, the old showground at Bathurst and um, him getting a, you know, a standing ovation on the way home. Um, you know, Mr. Turnbull let him loose and um, he uh, he really impressed the crowd that night. And I, you know, I think that'll be another way that we that we sell our sport, bringing great horse flesh back to the bush, reintroducing the product uh, to, uh, to to that demographic. So, um, I mean, that's a really high-level view, I suppose, of, of the Carnival of Cups and the strategy around it. But um, we hope uh, that these uh, refined um, Carnival of Cups iteration will bring people back to the trots initially from the country and, and then they'll trickle down um, into our uh, city and metropolitan effort. So, Peter, if somebody wants to rock up to Cowra or someone who doesn't live in the region and thinks, hey, let, let's go do something fun for the weekend, what can they expect there on Sunday, apart from a $60,000 Lachlan Valley Cup, which is a, a hell of a good stake for a country race? What else can they expect from the day? Yeah, so I mentioned previously, Mick, that we have a great entertainment offering. Um, we'll have Daryl Braithwaite on site performing. We'll have the Whitlams also performing and also a great country uh, band performing. And it's worth noting, Mick, that, you know, one of the challenges that we have in, have in racing is, is you know, filling the gaps between races. So um, the Whitlams and... Daryl Braithwaite and Darlinghurst will be performing between races. So it's an integrated offering. Um, so there's that musical offering, of course, and then also we have uh, children's rides and events um, on the day as well. And, of course, we have our mini trots. Um, so, again, it's, a, it, it's that holistic approach offering uh, for uh, most demographics to come on course at Cowra, um, be entertained not only uh, with our our race offering, but also our, our musical and entertainment offering as well. And worth noting as well, Mick, it's all free. And Peter, talk to us about the bonus. There's a bonus if a horse can win, I think, more than one country cup. But of course, the more they win, the more or the bigger the bonus becomes. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So if uh, you know trainers uh, are looking to support uh, the Carnival of Cups, if you win three Carnival of Cups, uh, and it doesn't have to be consecutive either, Mick. Um, you get an additional $100,000 bonus on top of that. Um, if you're lucky enough to um, to win all all five, well, um, you, you, you take out the big $300,000 prize. So uh, a great race offering as well, and to incentivise um, you know trainers and owners back to the country on our on our um, on our smaller tracks. It is also worth noting, Mick, that um, you know the distribution. Um, uh, prize money distribution is is exactly the same as any other prize money. So um, uh, trainers, drivers, and owners share in the distribution. Okay, well let's let's follow that because it could get extremely exciting by the end of the carnival. Last week, Peter, an announcement made about something which is very important to to everybody these days because of the social license, but because we love the animal is that Harness Racing New South Wales has effectively taken its rehoming program, loosely to say, back in house, and they'll be taking more control over the rehoming of standard breeds. Could you talk to us about that? Yeah, Mick, this, um, I suppose it's been rolling out for the last uh, four or five months where Harness Racing New South Wales took the decision to bring the rehoming business um, inside. Um, so we've in- internalised and integrated the business that uh, so so harness racing um, New South Wales have 
full visibility and control over the business. And it's it's really, really important that we're uh, masters of our own destiny. You know, it's enshrined in the Act that we have full respect, responsibility of the animal, um, not only, um, you know, from a governance perspective, um, but also from a from an equine standards um, ethics perspective. So that's really, really important. Um, you know, for, for our industry, for our participants, what changes? Uh, not a great deal. Um, the funding arrangements change slightly, it being internalised and in, integrated. And, of course, there's, there's no um, board that um, sits over, over the company. So it's, it's business as usual, um, but it's really, really important uh, you know, for everyone to understand that we must maintain, maintain our social licence to operate. Equine welfare is paramount. Uh, and the funding therein and, and the, um, the resourcing uh, will be uh, propped up uh, as the industry grows as required. Peter, we just finished the Breeders' Challenge and it was last Sunday, so eight days ago, at Menanga. A hell of a good series and I thought the depth of racing and, and the, particularly the top-end performances were incredibly good. Uh, and we had a lot of Victorians there which added a real interstate rivalry. What happens with the Breeders' Challenge? Because I think we've got the racing right, and I think the Sunday worked, albeit it was awfully, awfully warm and hard for people to be outside. Is it a Sunday we can grow? Does it sit better as an afternoon product from a TAB turnover point of view compared with the Saturday? What's your early thoughts uh, digesting the Breeders' Challenge and where it heads next? Yeah, it's a good question, Mick. I think... um you know, one of my messages to industry is, you know, um, uh, when we've entered a change, when we enter the change paradigm, we, we start to get a little bit nervous and we, we put it in reverse and, and, and back away from it. It's really important that, that um, if we're going to implement change, that we get through that nervous, um, I suppose, element of the change process and we, that's where we'll, that's where we'll um, break break new territory new ground um on review of the breeders on sunday look it was um you know the it, it was it was quite hot out there so we saw on we saw on course patronage really you know at, at a good level from about you know the first two hours and then it got a bit hot and and, and people went home and or went inside so it wasn't necessarily a true indication of the day from a patronage perspective wagering we're seeing a wagering at uh, a softening across across the wagering um, ecosystem, let's say. Um, however, that said, uh, Sunday bucked the trend not only for Sundays, but when compared to other Saturdays, it it held reasonably well. We had a you know great support from the tab with a twenty five thousand dollar quaddy, which was which held really really well. So, uh, from a wagering perspective, it performed it performed better than. Um, Saturdays. Um, last year was anomalous. We're coming off the back of strong wagering performance, so um, we have to keep that in mind. I think, uh, from my perspective, um, the Breeders' Challenge Day has the opportunity to be an industry day and a really family-orientated day. Um, harness racing um, across the nation really is a is a family offering. Um, but what's really important, if we if we are going to um, implement the breeders on a on a Sunday, we we have to um, you know subscribe to that for a few years to make sure that 
uh, we're offering not only our stakeholders but also the wagering public and also the general public that continuity and that understanding that it's going to be there and ingrain that in 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 the way that we do business um, and and have a standardized approach um, so you know my view is that uh, we will forge ahead with the Sunday offering um, the race product is excellent um, if it was a couple of de degrees cooler, I have no doubt that we would have had a, a, a better on-course patronage. But um, you know, they they were the the cards that we were dealt on the day. And you know, you know yourself, Mick, being out at Menangle on a on an October one day, it can be 12 degrees, and the next day it can be 32 degrees. So, um, uh, but all in all, I think it was an absolute success. The, the racing was excellent, like I said, and um, something that we can build upon, no doubt. I think it's falling at the right time of the year, Peter. I know, and you can't control the weather, but yes, I think it's a nice point of difference. I mean, we have a lot of Menangle Saturday night racing, and it's awfully strong, but it can look the same, Pete, because it's you know it's, it's obviously the only major track we have. And I suppose if we raced at Randwick every Saturday, people could get sick of it. So, yeah, I think I think heading to a Sunday afternoon, it, it definitely I think reinvigorates the day in a way. Yeah, I agree, and and like I mentioned it. Um, it's a point of difference. It allows families to come out uh, that normally wouldn't uh, expose our sport, put our sport on a on a on a platform that they perhaps have not seen, um, and it, and it's just a a, a different um, way that we can present our sport. So, uh, like I said, Mick, from my perspective, um, we've got to um, forge ahead. Um, it's there on a Sunday for a few years to come yet, and then we'll do um, a better analysis thereafter. Pete, it's great to, uh, to have you on Sky Sport Radio. We, uh, we're obviously going to try and tap into you and where we're heading with all that information heading forward for, for major carnivals. But, yeah, Cowra this Sunday is going to be massive, mate. We're really looking forward to, to kicking off this carnival of cups. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And we're looking forward to, to getting you back on Sky Sport Radio when and if you have announcements for us over the summer, Pete. Great. Thanks, Mick. Thanks for having me. Peter Buckman, who's the new boss of uh, Harness Racing New South Wales. And obviously they have their challenges because the gallops are so strong in New South Wales. So you've got to fit into the ecosystem of the punting, um, but still keep heading forward. Um, we were going to talk to Jack Trainer, but he won't be joining us on the show today. And of course, it is Melbourne Cup Day and the big dance tomorrow. So we're not going to need to, um, to talk to him today. We'll talk to him next week as we count down to next Monday on the show. We'll be talking about not only reviewing Cowra, but the New Zealand Trotting Cup. And the reason being, Swayze, the New South Wales pacer, will be one of the favourites. We'll get more into that next Monday on On The Pace. No On The Pace tomorrow. Good luck on the Melbourne Cup and the Big Dance Day if you're having a bit. Um, we'll be back with you at 10.30 on Wednesday morning. That's On The Pace for a Monday. Hope you have a great week. We'll take a short break here on Sky Sport Radio. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. 